crypto, Bitcoin. You hear the terms, but should you even care? And are these really the currencies of the future? How do these things even work? Well, I'm Aaron Greger, and these are the questions that I wanted the answers to. So I started a podcast. Join me and explore the topic of cryptocurrency with my friend Gary Leland and other industry experts. Welcome to Clarifying Crypto. All right, welcome to another episode of Clarifying Crypto. It's been a bit. Gary, you've had a little bit going on over the We've past. had a busy time, both of us, though. It's been a busy, busy, busy. A lot of stuff's going on. That is. It is. And we are going to do a bit block boom recap. We've been talking about it so much, all about like prop of it. Would it still happen? I think that's what half our podcast was. Is, is bit block boom still going to happen? It did, not without a few little blips before we got there, but it did happen. It was a huge success. And what were your, I don't want to get into takeaways quite yet, but what were your overall thoughts of it? I'm sure you were re- very relieved when it was over, but just uh, what, what were you thinking? It was uh, nice to have it over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's funny. I can't sleep when that stuff's going on. I have a problem getting to sleep. I just wake up. But I normally wake up like five morning during a bit of boom. I was waking up like two in the morning. Going through the whole day, what could making sure, which we had no major screw ups again. The takeaway was, uh, well, we're not doing takeaways. The, you know, this was the first year where we really had meals. You know, we had a lunch before, but this year we had a dinner Thursday night, like what boom, and a dinner Friday night, which you very graciously helped work um, the whole night. That was very nice of you. Happy and to so, help. yeah, so we did those dinners. So that was something new. Learned a lot. I had not done dinners before. Those will be real fun next year. That was the first year I'd done dinners. So now that I've done them, those will be really good next year. But, uh, that was an experience doing dinners. And that's at restaurant Saturday night, we picked the Park Place Club, really fancy club, and everybody was coming and you couldn't wear shorts. So how I many people showed up in shorts to get in? And he told me it was just like two, three years ago, you didn't have to wear a coat <laughs> to get in there. Yeah, they should have told us these things when we were negotiating with them. That would have been nice to know. Yeah. No, but it was a great event. And uh, no, I know how it goes. I'm the one who doesn't. I'm glad to know I'm just not the only one who doesn't sleep before an event. Like I will run it and run it and run it and run it in my head. So that's good to know. I was asking you, though, here's what's really interesting in talking about Bitcoiners and what they're willing to do. How many people it was in Dallas? And I was asking how many people were actually from Dallas who attended. And the number was... I, honestly, very surprising to me. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, I, I don't think it would be 10%. Maybe it's 10%. Maybe I would think. We've always had a low turnout from Dallas. I think last year I had a higher turnout from Europe than I did from Dallas. I know last year I had a higher turnout from New York than I had from Dallas. And I don't know why you would, that were because it's a quality event, evidently. People are traveling from all over the world to come to it and for more than one time. I mean, they come a second time. They travel a second time to it. But we really don't draw very well from Dallas. And then I had someone, I I posed that on Twitter one day. I said, I'm confused why I get more people here from New York City than I do from Dallas. Or maybe even from Texas. So we rephrase that, from Texas. And he goes, you don't have any of the local speakers here. And I might go, and I might have gone, why would you want to come see local speakers when you can see them anywhere? They're local. And I don't have any local speakers, really. I'm bringing them from, you know, all over. So I, I'm confused as to why that happens, um, but it does. And that's been part of Bitblock Boom. From the, so. 
is we've had a poor uh, support from the local market. I mean, little, I mean, no one came from Dallas. It made a big difference in the turnout of this event ever. So this isn't an event that we have to worry about. Someone could, someone could actually hold another conference in town and, the, and it wouldn't hurt us and get all the Dallas traffic. I mean, yeah. Um, so finicky city. I don't, yeah. Like there any event, but it's just interesting to me because it was local. You'd think with everything going on, people uncomfortable flying, uncomfortable wearing masks, all these things. Uh, it'd be more local, but it wasn't. But I think if there's anything I did, I didn't learn it. I kind of knew it. But uh, the Bitcoin world is a very unconventional <laughs> bunch of people. <laughs> very they don't like to follow rules. They don't like to be told what to do. That's a better. better well, that's why they're Bitcoin. But they don't believe in following the rules. And uh, I told you earlier, I think this is a funny story for people listening. We had two colors of lanyards orange lanyards and green lanyards. And if you had an orange lanyard in your neck, that meant you didn't want anyone to take your picture and put it online. You didn't want anyone knowing who you were, that you were there. If you had a green lanyard, you didn't care. People could post your picture online. And the hotel was all over these people for not wearing their masks. We gave out, we even gave out nice hot moon masks and people wouldn't wear their mask. And they found out that if they had a cup of coffee or a glass of water and they were drinking it, they didn't have to have a mask on. So everybody's around with cups. They're not drinking anything. They're just walking around, you know, because they want to get not don't want to wear a mask. And during the conference, three people from the hotel asked me if I could talk to them. I said, yeah. And I said, no, we need to talk to you in private. I'm like, oh, wow. So we go in a private room. They said, we're going to have to call the cops on these people if they don't quit, if they don't start wearing a mask. I'm like, do what you got to do. I said, they'll probably like that. Uh, <laughs> you know, they probably, you probably, but if that's what you need to do, go for it. And she goes, what's the deal with those people with those orange masks? They're real jerks to be nice about it. And, I, and that was funny. They didn't want the orange lanyards. They didn't want anyone taking a picture. They didn't want anyone telling them what to do. So I, I thought that was very funny that the people who didn't want their picture taken also didn't want anyone telling them what to do. Yeah. No, they could have sent Twizzer, Twitter a buzz with uh, police showing up and... Uh... <laughs> It, they probably would have liked it. I mean, they, yeah. they, they probably would. They called me, actually. The conference didn't start till Friday. Actually, the conference didn't start till Saturday. And I got calls on Thursday about people. They, said, they called me and said somebody in Florida called and said they wanted to not wear a mask and they wanted to get opted out for medical reasons. And they said, what was the medical reason? And they just don't like them. And they said, but that's not a medical reason. And they called me. It said, this guy's going to be trouble when he gets here. I said, kick him out of the hotel. I can't tell you what to do. Not my hotel. I mean, that was, they were so weird to call me so many times. He's going to call the police, just call him. We had a great crowd. I don't want to say it was like a ruckus the whole time. We had a great crowd. We did 30-minute conference sessions, which I thought was great. I found most people got their stuff they had to say in 30. And usually you go there and it's 50 minutes or 55 minutes and five minutes for changing. And the people just make that 30 minutes into 50 minutes where I got a lot more. And, and then people, then you got to have two rooms because they're taking an hour. And people go, kind of with two things I wanted to see at the same time. But if you give them 30 minutes total, 25 minutes and five minutes for questions, you can see everybody who's going to speak at the conference. I have to agree. 60 minutes is too much. It's too much. And everybody thinks that's what it should be, like the standard. But I thought it was a perfect cadence. I really did. Yeah. That, like I said, 25 minutes. They got right into their talking in five minutes for questions. 
And then if we were running, I had scheduled a little bit of time, five minutes between each session in case we were running behind. I would talk and I really, when I introduce a person, it would take me like 40 seconds. I'm out there entertaining. I'm wanting to move along. But if we were running behind, we stuck with the five minutes of questions. If we were running ahead, we'd let them have more questions. But it really kept on track, right on track. And uh, like I said, I thought 30 minutes was just great. We had a great time that night. When did you leave Saturday? I left about four, four or five. Okay, you didn't see the night events then. No, I didn't stay for the night, late night. I stayed for most of the night, though. Yeah, this is the first night we had night events, and we had a rabbit hole recap with Matt O'Dell and Marty. And uh, that was really, really good. You know, everybody came back at seven, and we had a bar, open bar, and food, and we had that. And then we had the Alice Lacrosse uh, Podcast Awards, and they were like, just joke awards, but th- that was funny. That was really funny. People enjoyed that. And then the, um, that's where we had in Sunday. We had the Bitcoin brunch was, was well attended. Everybody loved that. Yeah. That was real well attended. It was. Um, were you there Sunday? It like, was. Yeah, you were there. Yeah. Yeah, I almost yeah. couldn't come in. I was off the list and I had to go directly. Oh, that's right. I never put you on the list, I guess. It's all right. You never said, I'm coming. I did say, I did say, I checked my email because I was worried. I'm like, I didn't come into this, but it's okay. I understand you. It's okay. We had plenty. We had room. It turned out a lot of people didn't show up because we were scared. We had a hundred tickets we sold and two weeks before they said, oh, by the way, you can only have 80 people. Wait a second. I negotiated this for a hundred people. And they said, and they were like, oh, we can't do it. And I said, we better figure this out. But then they said, probably they won't all show up at the same time. So we'll go with the hundred. Because by the law, they couldn't do 100 people in there. But I don't know what the social distancing would be about there. There were picnic tables, and you were sitting right next to a stranger. I think we can just say social distancing. Making sense of social distancing, we just need to let that go. Because it, it will hurt our heads to attempt to do that at this point. But it was, like I said, it was a lot of fun. I know I learned, I was joking with you that... I was sitting there, okay, more Bitcoin. And then I'd hear the next presenter. I'd probably buy a little bit more. like just. And I think I probably ended up making 10 transactions throughout the entire day. Okay, I'll, you know what? Probably should get a little bit more. Yeah, I'm going all in. I'm going all in. Officially bought my kids, came home and I put, they have so much money in savings. And I had gotten one of those piggy bank things. I can't remember. Oh yeah, Bit Piggy. Bit Piggy. To be honest, Bit Piggy doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. However, what I did say was let's put money away and we're going to start buying Bitcoin. So they got their own wallets and, and I started just putting money away for them too. So Bitbox Boom definitely got me got me sold on it. And they started, I, I think you saw this on Twitter, but it was really funny. Sh- Shamari, I think it's called, gave yeah, away. Game. And so all of a sudden, I'm, the kids got it out. We went through the rules of it and how to do it and everything. And Probably like the day after Bitbox Boom, I'm sitting in my office and all of a sudden I hear my kids chanting, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. And I'm like, what is happening? I know they know about it. What is happening when they're playing that game? So I was just laughing because I'm like, of course. Oh, I haven't played it yet. Well, it's, 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 it, it helps you understand what Bitcoin, it's not like the most fun game that you've got to like stop. It's a teaching game. Yeah, it's a teaching game. It really helps you understand kind of how Bitcoin works and how it's configured. But uh, yeah, so they were out there chanting Bitcoin and and having fun with that. So, but I mean, I know I took a, a, a lot out of it. Before we get into takeaways, it's been an interesting ride since we've talked. It's probably been about six weeks since we've talked. And Bitcoin has, like we were, we were going for a ride. 
Upgrade. You're going. And we hit twelve, I think. We hit twelve, and now it's kind of again. I keep. I need to stop saying this, but definitely still kind of hanging out with the with the Dow and just kind of seeing what happens there. If that falls, that does fall a little bit, and vice versa. But any because it was breaking. Going under 10 a couple of days ago. Now it's up to 10.6. Yeah, I bought under 10 a couple of days ago. And we're recording this, I guess, end of September. So I thought I got to get out. I got to get out of this head. This out of my head. I thought the break was happening. I thought it was going to come. And we're just, I, I like that we're not sitting in the nine range anymore. It's kind of festering around the 10, 11 range. So that always makes me feel good that it's festering a little bit, but not dipping and going and dipping and going. But anything you're hearing or seeing, and of course, we're not financial advisors. We do not take our, do not take our advice for just people who invest in Bitcoin. But anything you're seeing or hearing that could tell us probably going to sit a while. Maybe the run is. I know it's it's all on par for what everybody's saying it's going to be. But this is just such a weird year. Yeah, I really don't hear like a lot of negative about it over the next six months to a year. Whenever I see something negative about it from somebody who I think maybe know what they're talking about with TA, it's just a week or two, and then we should see it go back up or something. Like I thought it was going to go down to 9,600 and fill in that CMO or uh, gap. Yeah, that gap. Yeah. So uh, CME gap. Yeah. And I don't think it quite made it to 96. I I don't even... I don't even think it made it to 98. I think it was like the high. I think it just dipped under 10 and went right back over. And it doesn't have to go fill that gap. I mean, I think there has been a gap before that hasn't been filled. It's just, I think if it would fill that gap, it would cause a lot more people to be positive and bullish. It's okay, that's done. We can move on now. Right. Their mind, they're thinking it has to go down and fill that gap. Yeah. You know, so, you know, we'll see. I'm, like I said, I'm still, so I'll be hodling forever i mean we wrote it down to three thousand thirty eight hundred that time i don't think this much is going to scare us out and i'll be honest i think going to bitblock boom if and and you and i have talked about this before this is not something that's new but there is some crazy stuff happening in we've talked about the bailouts and this money and this cycle and we keep putting ourselves in the cycle parker what's his last name parker lewis Parker Lewis's talk about he had a good talk. He had a really good talk about. I think it was if not if if not what, but but when basically, and it was basically about when all of this stimulus stuff is going to catch up to us and oh the debts, the extra debt we have in the U.S. and it was about the U.S. dollar actually falling. And you don't want to be doom and gloom, but what makes me so bullish, and and I've said this so many times, is you could, I feel like what Bitcoin was created was this book that was written 10 years ago, 12 years ago, and it was, it's all coming true. You know what I mean? And it's, and to me, it just makes more and more and more sense about why this is going to take off. And it already kind of has taken off. I mean, to see what it's done in 12 years, you could say it's, it has taken off, but why this is only the beginning and the potential for Bitcoin. I mean, it was, it was a very, it was very exciting. And I know his talk got me excited and there were several others too. Jimmy, I bought Jimmy's book. He wrote this, the little Bitcoin book, which I will say is probably one of the best books 
for a newbie, like really trying to understand the concept of Bitcoin. It is. It's definitely on my list of uh, books that I give someone would give someone who's new. Yes. And it just, it makes it very clear, very understanding. But I mean, even his talk about just the things that we probably shouldn't accept that are our rights that are, are slowly being taken away. It just, there were a lot of great talks. So I, again, I just got more excited about why I'm in this, why I think more people should be in this, why it just all fits and makes a hundred percent sense. And, um, why I continue to buy more and more Bitcoin. Yeah, it's um, I'm the same way. And for people who didn't come, I do put the videos of this talks online at Bitblock Boom. If you go to the previous years tab, you can go to 2020, you can see all the speakers or you can subscribe to the Bitblock Boom podcast and just listen to them. So we, we do put up all the content free of charge for people. But the really, I think the main thing about Bitblock Boom is not just the talks, which are great. It's being with all these like-minded people yeah. you know, and talking about Bitcoin with people who can either talk with you or know more than you do and can educate you just in conversation. And you go, oh, yeah, I don't know about that. And they can tell you. So, or they can give you information on something. I'm not podcast. Then it's a great podcast to listen to. Or I'm not familiar with that person. Or I'm not familiar with that, that book. You know? Yeah. And in my case, it's always them educating me. I'm never, I'm never one in one talking to someone. It's always them. A little bit above helping me understand. Um, Boom. It's hard to be the one at the top of the food chain. That's a strong lineup of people. It's a very strong lineup of people. But I think too, is just even at the brunch, like I spoke with a guy and and I want to have him on the show. He's really involved in the lightning network and making, and, and still there's things, there's so much to me that I feel like Bitcoin, just sitting in the thing too, and, and we've talked about this, where it's, I feel like with every door that gets opened, there's 30 more things we, we got to understand. There was a whole presentation on multi-sig and that whole multiple signatures to be to lock down your your Bitcoin, your wallets. And I know you're getting more into that where I just, I'm like, oh, mother of God, I just got my, I just got... I just got the wallets that I'm playing with figured out. And now I got to figure out multi-sig. But there's just so many people who have been in, in lightning. It's I kind of know about the lightning now, but I need to learn more. And so well, while we're talking about lightning, you need to get the uh, strike app. Okay. And what's the strike app? On your phone. And that's a S-T-R-I-K-E. It's a black icon with a little white okay. kind of looking thing. Just so you know what it is. Strike app. You'll like, you'll like this a lot. You okay. can take cash out of your bank account into the Strike app, okay? And it turns it straight into Lightning. Then you can, when you buy from Fold, you can pull it out of your Strike app and you get more Bitcoin because you're using Lightning to buy the debit card. And you get higher. When it says up to, yep. you on the Fold app, that's if you pay with Lightning, the higher amount. So you transfer it into your strike app straight from your bank account and then fold that takes it out of your strike app and you've increased the amount of uh, bitcoin you're getting in pearls it just got approved in texas uh recently i just installed mine yesterday so do you have to pay a bunch of exchange fees though no i don't i, I don't evidently not so excited about it it must not be okay um this guy this really he's like walking us the line as he can to making everything free and not KYC as he possibly can. 
he's one of the those kind of people that just want to make everything free in the world and everything KYC free. So what's KYC? Um, but this is what I know your customer. Oh, okay. He's trying, like at first, you just had to put your credit. Uh, your, your, you can do credit card or bank. Now he's got you got to do a little bit. So eventually, they've come to him and said, "Hey, you can't do this anymore." So he's doing it. He does it until they tell him he can't. So I'm just, I just kind of yes, I haven't made any actual transactions with it yet. That's the thing everybody's talking about. Well, not everybody, but I hear a lot of people talking about, it. and a lot of people have been waiting on it to come. Okay. So I would set that up and mess around with it. All right. I've got that one. The other one I downloaded while at Bitbox Boom was the wallet of Satoshi where you can accept. I saw you accepting payments, uh, lightning, right? Is that what you're accepting? Yeah. Yeah. It was super easy. Yeah, it is. Actually, uh, Guy Swan, who was the first speaker, when I saw him, I was like, Guy, I need you to help me set this up and take some lightning. And I was going to use and he got with Kelly, who was running the the machine, charging everybody, and set that up for and taught her how, like in one minute, set it up in a minute, and had her running it in a minute. Yeah, it was super easy. Yeah. So that was a fun one. What else were you? I mean, obviously meeting people. I know, like I have conversations, and I didn't even feel like I met that many people, but I met a lot. What other big takeaways did you have from Bitbox Boom? Anything that stuck out to you? Anything you learned that I know you're kind of running around like a chicken with your head cut off. I get that you weren't sitting there listening, but you were talking to a lot of people too. Like you said, you were learning from there. You know, my, my connection, my thing is I just try to make, get to know people and make connections that I'll, I'll probably get more over the year. I've necessarily got at the event because I was so busy at the event. I do want to tell everybody, though, that Bitcoin block boom will be limited until 300 people. That's all the tickets we're selling. And we've already sold like 50 of them and it's still a full year away almost. That's awesome. Interested in coming, you need to go ahead and buy your tickets because you have till July 1st to cancel them for any reason. So if you're thinking you want to come, you go to bitblockboom.com and go ahead and buy your tickets and then... If something happens, because I don't even know what weekend it is. I just know it's the last weekend. One at the August could be next to last weekend, could be last weekend. Okay. We're still negotiating with hotels. That's why I have such an open cancellation policy this early. Because you're buying a ticket, it could be a weekend your daughter's getting married. Right. Or maybe now, between now and next year, your son gets married. And you're going to go to that. Yeah. She'll know two months before the event. Worth it. Like, it's really worth it. You may just, your, your daughter will probably get a second wedding anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's the first. I mean, you'll be fine. Like yeah. it better she won't hold that against you at all. No, no, no. Much more important. You just have the neighbor walk her down the aisle. She won't care. Exactly. You're probably going to have to wear a mask anyway, so it's all the same, right? The I same. hope we don't have to wear a mask here. I hope so, too, so people aren't getting arrested at Bitbox Boom next year. Not that they were this. <laughs> but everybody who was involved with it, like all the vendors said they're coming back. I mean, and it was, and it's going to be a higher price next year. And they all were like that. It's a great show. And um, so, I mean, I think we're going to really pretty much start with everybody coming back that was here this year as far as the sponsors and stuff. So I officially set up my swan. I know that was something I like to practice what I preach. And for me, I'm, I need to get out of checking because right now I buy cash from the cash app every day and I need to, A, it's high fees. And B, I need to get out of waking up every day. That is, I kid you not, Gary, this is kind of embarrassing. I wake up every day, I spin my fold wheel. 
I spin my fold wheel. I check the Bitcoin. I buy that. That is like my every morning before I check emails, before I roll out of bed, before I do anything. That is what I do. I grab my phone and I do two two Bitcoin things. So it's kind of a little embarrassing. Um, I got a hundred sets today. <laughs> did you? I th- I think I got a hundred too. I'm trying to remember. It's been I got ten thousand the other day. It was like Christmas. It was very. I, I have a hard time remembering to do that seven days in a row for the bonus. I I can't really get that seven days in a row. I mean, I've done it once or twice. It's a process in our house. So, and I told you this. So I kind of had the realization which props to fold, which I'm getting the credit card too. I saw you're going to get the credit card. I'm very excited about this. Yeah. Yeah. I've already been approved. I'm like, got the approved. I guess you have too. Yeah. You bought more than you got more than a million sets from the deal. Yeah. Let's not go there. But what I did was I, I, I was thinking about it. I'm like, I just always think whatever it clicks in my head. When you said people used to just get, they turn the faucets and spin something online and get free Bitcoin and look at what that's just how stupid that is. And so I'm like, who knows what this is going to turn into. And so my kids each have an iPad and I set them up with a fold account and they'll buy, they can buy gift card. They'll buy their own gift cards and stuff too. They make their own money, but that's what we do every morning too, is they spin their wheel. It's a fun little game, but they, and so that's why we remember because they do it every morning. And I'm like, who knows what the, maybe it'll end up being $7 for the rest of their life. I don't know. Or maybe it'll be $70,000, but this is basically free money that who knows, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, worth a chance if it turns out to be like a Bitcoin fountain from the olden days where you got two, three Bitcoins. Yeah. You know, just for free online, just for going to the website. I mean, yeah. Who would have, whatever happened? I mean, <laughs> so basically you were getting $30,000. Yeah. Just for free. <laughs> I know. Except my kid. So he's got, I don't know, 100,000 Satoshis. But he's telling all his friends that he got free $100,000. <laughs> and, like, and his friends are like, is there really an app? <laughs> it gives you $100,000. That's night. They're like, Aaron, is there really an app that you could get free? Like, did you got $100,000 on this for free? I'm like, no, it's not. But I had to explain. I gave him a little lesson in what it was and in Bitcoin and all of that. So it was... Uh, it's it's funny, but I'm just trying to, like I said, I think if you're on the fence, things are lining up and, and I and I know Bitbox really, not that I was on the fence. I mean, obviously I was pretty well in by the time it happened, but again, it's just kind of setting those things to really understand this is becoming a more and more real thing. The, there was a whole a whole presentation about how you how this is taxed. That's why I was joking. I was very confused by it. I'm like, I'm just going to hold on to this because just understanding how to tax it. But and also, he does IRAs with Bitcoin in them. Yes, that was interesting too. Yeah, there- because if you do a Roth IRA with Bitcoin in it, you know, and you put seven thousand dollars in there, and then you have you put the cash in the IRA, and then you have the cash use the cash to buy the Bitcoin for the IRA. And then that is like, even at my age, I mean, I could cash it out next year. But let's say in the next two years, it goes to $100,000. I don't have to pay any taxes on that $93,000 because it was a Roth IRA and I paid the taxes going in on what right. it was. So there's not a lot of things you, I, or in my situation, being my age, there's not a lot of things I can buy that I would need to buy with a Roth because I'm going to cash them out in five to 10 years. It's not like, I'm 25, putting it in, going to cash it out 40 years later. But 
Bitcoin is one of those things. Yeah. You could cash it out two years later and there's a big amount of money in there that you're paying taxes on. I was going to ask you about that too, because it see, I just, I was very intrigued by that. It's funny that you brought that up because I saw that he did that and I started doing a little bit of research. It's very high monthly fees though. And so, and I was just wondering what the other, and well, I, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're talking about with the monthly fees. So this, this is a good question. I need to do more research. So he didn't really have his info up there on what it was. You got to. Well, I interviewed him last week. And I asked him specific questions. Okay. Now, he does charge like $3,000 up front. Okay. Because you have to set up an LLC, and there's a lot of paperwork. And as to whether he's a little high on that, that's yeah. for you to decide. You probably could find someone that could do these things cheaper, but uh, he's like a one-shot-fits-all. And then you buy the Bitcoin, and then from the in- then on, you don't ever pay the upfront fee again for setting up the LLC and everything. It's just a maintenance for $50 a year, I think. So, so we should probably have him on the show because I have a lot of questions because I know, I, so I started researching while he was talking Bitcoin IRA, like being able to purchase Bitcoins through IRAs. And there's several companies out there that do it. But again, it was, I mean, I want to say like several hundred dollars a month. He's been doing it since 2014, I think. So he's been doing it for a while. He just didn't start. And he's a lawyer and a CPA. So, I mean, he's got a degree, two degrees. So he's not like just winging his way through this stuff. Right. And, uh, but his was, like I said, 3000 roughly to get everything set up to start, which yeah. is kind of high. But with what Bitcoin could do, maybe it's not. But to me, being a boomer, $3,000 is a lot of money. Right. And, you know, it's just according to where you came from as to whether something's a lot of money or not. Um, but then again, then after that, you just pay a yearly maintenance fee of 100 or $150. So I, when I first heard about it, I thought it was 3000 a year. I was going, that's ridiculous. But then yeah. he explained it more what he does for the setup fee. So, okay. Which makes sense because like you said, if, if Bitcoin's going to do what it could potentially do, that $3,000... We get taxed 15, 25, whatever you, whenever you pull it, but 15%. Yeah, if you pay $40,000 in taxes in two years on it, or in my case. Yeah. Because yeah, I, could, I, could, I could put it in Roths and make those the first ones I pull out. Uh, so when I, if I pulled it out at 100, I'm not paying $93,000 in taxes. Right. You know, yeah. That's, you know, and I know another friend of mine, she's an accountant. She's trying to figure it out herself now because. She wants to put money in there and her daughter has some Roths. She wants to switch over to that and buy Bitcoin with. And so I think a lot of people are going to, people who are doing that are tying up money in Bitcoin for a long time. Exactly. Exactly. No, I 100% agree. So that's, like I said, that was really interesting because he brought that up and I was like, oh, I never thought of, again, just talking about how, and that's cool that he's been doing this since 2014, but just how accessible this is all becoming, that it actually can be not just a funny money thing in a wallet, but can actually be something that you can use as, as an investment and actually getting some, figuring out ways to get tax breaks on it. Because if you do sell and it goes up, I mean, they're saying even in 2030, it could be $500,000 easily. Yeah, a lot of taxes. If you bought it for ten grand, that's a lot of taxes. You know that if you can offset that for sure. So yeah, did you you see anything on the news about MicroStrategies and Michael Saylor? 
I've seen he's bought a whole bunch. $500 million worth of Bitcoin. That's crazy. I used that to work crazy. MicroStrategy back in the day, a subsidiary of MicroStrategy. He's a, what? I used to work for MicroStrategy. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Do you back know Michael Saylor? I know of him, yeah. Yeah. 500 yeah. million Bitcoin, that's a lot of Bitcoin. That, that basically makes buying MicroStrategy, not a stock advisor either, anyone, but that makes buying strategy stock like buying a bitcoin etf because oh, i didn't even think of that yeah because if you buy that stock at 150 dollars a share and you've got 500 million dollars worth of bitcoin and that bitcoin became a uh, hundred thousand dollars a piece that would meant that 500 million went up to five would it be five billion yeah i mean the stock would definitely rise if your cash assets were five billion dollars so you're investing in a bitcoin etf basically but you have none of the rules on getting in from the SEC or anything like that because it's not an ETF. They just have all their money in Bitcoin. What was his reasoning for going all in on Bitcoin? But they had five, they had over 500 million in cash reserves. And he felt that, uh, I've listened to four or five interviews with him now. He feels that that's all BS, the 2 3% a year on inflation. He kind of puts inflation in different buckets. You have things that just go down. Yeah. value, which would be like an iPhone. But something stamped out, as many of them can be made, and they're artificially a higher price, just because someone said that's the price. And then you have things that do go up like 2% or whatever, but then you have things that skyrocket, like education, for instance. Right. That skyrockets, but that's not 2%. And there's a lot of things like that that go up way more than 2%, but the, like food, he said, is going up higher. He said he thinks inflation is really 10 or 15%. If you calculate it properly, and if you pull out phones and crap like that to bring it down, printers, computers, laptops, electronic stuff. So he said they had 500 million sitting in cash, and basically they're losing 10% a year off the buying value of their cash uh, using his calculations. Yeah. You know, on what the, the inflation rate is. So that he felt like they had to get it out of the cash and put it in the Bitcoin. And Bitcoin's in his fourth bucket, which is things that go up in value 25%. And it's only one in the bucket. He was, I thought that was kind of funny. But he's got a lot of Bitcoin. So of course he's not going to say that. Well, but that- I was going to say, I wonder how he got the, did he talk about in those interviews? And I should go back and listen because it was very intriguing to me. Did he have to convince a board big time? Yes, he did. Yeah. He owned 70% of the stock though. Okay. Uh, so he isn't controlling, but they did the original. He actually sent them information to read, YouTube videos to watch, the board, and got everybody on board. And then they made the first, they did it in two purchases, and they made the first purchase of $250 million worth of Bitcoin, I think it was. And, no, $350 million worth of Bitcoin, I think. And then they offered everybody who was a stockholder to buy out their stock if they were unhappy with it at a at a good price, not at some collapse price, at a price that people would be happy with. And some people did sell their stock. And once they got everybody out who owned stock, who was not happy with what they did, and then they bought the other uh, $150 million or whatever to get them up to the $500 million, $450, whatever it is. Whatever it is, it's a huge amount. But he got out of it, but got them out. But he's on the Bitcoin train that's in the company, involved in the company at all. That's really interesting. Yeah. No, I had seen they had done that. I didn't know the reasoning behind it, which now, again, makes 100% sense. But, oof, 
you talk about a go all in <laughs> for sure <laughs> for sure uh you're either gonna live or die by the sword sure but like i said that stock can go that if bitcoin does what we all think that stock could go crazy yeah no, it's a really good set. I know we're we're running up on time. Any other last minute takeaways? Anything you want to share about Bitbox Boom that got you excited? Or I know you're probably still winding down from it. I can't think. It's just I had a group. I mean, I met some great people. I, I had three people yesterday, actually. The first one I gave a hard time. First person said, that is the best thing that's happened to me all year. And I said, we haven't done anything all year. That didn't even count. We've been in COVID. And he goes, okay, I'm changing. It's the best thing that's happened to me in three years. But I've had two more people the same day. Two more people said the same day that they uh, thought that was the best thing that they'd done the whole year. So, No, definitely uh, ain't no party like a Bitcoin party. Yeah. But no, I mean, it was, they're definitely um, excited. It just, and it's so What's so interesting to me too is you've got people in that room who are are doing all right. Let's just say money's not a worry for them. And there was not one person I met that was even remotely pretentious. Like even they are there to network, to talk, to get excited about it. And I know, like I said, I have a lot more learning to do, but it just everybody's so nice. Like just really, really nice people there. And you had a few more females. I think my funniest statement, I've said this several times, was when you're like, Aaron, we had so many, so many women this year. We had like seven or eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone said that. Someone else, Chris Christmas from Florida goes, someone said there's a lot of women here. And I said, what? It's like 10. And he said, yeah, usually there's two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's slowly picking up and on the women's side. But yeah, when you told me that, I was laughing. I'm like, only at a Bitcoin conference can you say a lot of women and seven or eight in the same sentence. And it, it's completely true. Yeah. And everybody goes, wow, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, again, it's, it's intimidating and it's, it's that step down. I know, like I said, I feel like, okay, I kind of know what I'm talking about. And then you go into that and there was another there. I can't remember their company, but again, it's on my list of things to research, but they were more of the, like, I've got to get a node in my house or so. I don't remember what it was. A server, a server. I got to get a server. Nine. Yes. I'm like, oh my God, do Matt. I need a server in my house? Like what? Okay. Why do I need a server in my house? B, what's it going to do? And C, how the hell do I set up a server in my house? But um, again. It's real easy to set that up. I, I have one set up. It takes you like five minutes and then you're running the Bitcoin core on your server. So you're supporting Bitcoin. Does it do anything for you? Is there a, what's the upside to doing that? Yeah, the more people who are running Bitcoin Core, the harder it is to take out Bitcoin. One thing, so that's a big plus right there. And he's putting a lot of tools in there, so you can build a wallet. You, you can now, I think he had made it the day, so that we got a wallet now that you can do and you can store it in your own node. You can probably eventually, if you take Bitcoin and accept it from someone. You don't have to go send it somewhere and then receive it. It'll go straight into your, your uh, wallet when you do it online. You accept it online. Like right now, mine goes to OpenNode and they handle the transactions and it comes to me. This way, it would go straight to your wallet. So your fees would be less too. Yeah. He's got a lot of, he's got a private chat in there where you can talk to other people who have the device and it can't be broken into. No one can get into it. He's done a lot of things. Okay. So I got to research more of that. So yeah. anyway, so 
if I go to Bitblock Boom, tickets are open, I'm assuming. I know you no, have tickets go on sale October 1st. October 1st. Okay. Yeah, the only people who can get tickets right now until Saturday are people who bought tickets event. Actually, that ended, and so many people were whining they didn't get their tickets. I did a, a procrastinator special. Okay. So a bit more than the original second time our previous attendee special was, but not as high but as still- it'll be for the new uh, people. Come. So will the, when October 1st rolls around, will Cousins still work, or is that yeah, a... Cousins will still work. Okay. All right. And then other podcasts for you, 5-Minute Crypto still going. I see that every day. Or 5-Minute. Four minute, oh my God, sorry. Four minute Bitcoin now, right? Right. And four minute Bitcoin. One news article that every day in four minutes or less. Four minute Bitcoin.com. And I then took a week off, two weeks off there, I think, for the conference, like getting up to the conference and after the conference. But we're, we're back on track now. Okay. And then Crypto Cousins, I, are you? I haven't done one of those in a month, and I'll probably start that next week. I thought you were scheduling podcasts for it. What are you scheduling podcasts for? You said uh-huh. you're people. No? I thought you were what? a podcast for something. I don't know what you're saying. Sorry. I thought you said you were recording podcasts for something. No? No. Okay. I can't keep up with you, Gary. You've got too much going on. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know that I am. I, I said do four-minute crypto, four-minute Bitcoin. Next week, I'll start doing crypto cousins again, and then I do clarifying crypto. And clarifying crypto. All right, Gary, as always, thank you so much for joining me. It's good to see you again. Thanks for the invite. I always enjoy talking with you. All right, you too. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.